Welcome to episode eight of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And today it's all about Catwoman. Yes. Yes. Uh, episodes, shit, I don't know, 15 and 16, I think. That sounds about right. Uh, the Cat in the Claw parts one and two. Pretty yeah. good episodes. Yeah. That was a good intro to like this version of Catwoman. Yeah. I'm super brain dead right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's really interesting, like on a timeline where this came, because so I mentioned this before that there's only three villains that don't have backstories before they're shown. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't realize it's the three that have already been in movies at this point. It's Joker, Penguin and Catwoman. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, well, hang on. Technically, Poison Ivy didn't get an actual. Background. We saw like, well, like we know her motive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Move my phone. How dare you? Uh, how dare you have people to like you want to talk with you right now? No, that was work. Oh, well, it's still how dare you have work. Um, <laughs> but I, okay. But yeah, basically it's the ones we already knew at that point because of the movies. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. And this one came out pretty shortly after the movie, if I remember. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, cause it, it was in 92, 92, oh, yeah, September of 92. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the movie had just come out over that summer. People were pretty familiar with Catwoman at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, this is much more of a traditional version of Catwoman, though. Right. Because Returns, although I love it, we've talked about this, does depart pretty drastically on her background. This is much more straightforward. Yeah. It's a good version of her, too. Um, yeah, I guess we can just jump right into it. Camera, what happens? Uh, a how, lot. how do we start out? We start off in a sleeping woman's bedroom. and Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Catwoman is doing her cat burglary. Mm-hmm. She uses her, you know, her sharp nails to, is that, is that a real thing? Cause you see it in everything where you can just like etch a circle and cause that glass was thick when she grabbed it. Like that was, yeah, there's I no had, way her nail cut through that thick. I had the same thought. Yeah. Cause that's just like, uh, I feel like every version of Catwoman ever has done that at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. Or you even see it in like Mission Impossible. They that's do the true. Same kind of thing. Like the Mythbusters done that at some I'm point. I'm sure. We can probably look that up. We'll look yeah. that up. Too lazy to look it up, though. Um, Let's assume it's a real thing. Yeah. So she cuts in a small hole, small enough for her cat, Isis, mm-hmm. to jump through, walks over to the cabinet and steals this beautiful sapphire necklace or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And a- apparently her cat can see the laser security grid around the necklace. That's yeah. why she set the cat in. So I, I saw it the other way around. Is like that was just a normal laser grid. And this woman can just somehow sleep with this glowing blue light right next to her all the time. It was just constantly illuminated. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she has the necklace just like sitting out on display. Yeah. So maybe she deserves this. I mean, you can close your blinds at night. Like people of Gotham don't understand that. That's true. The privacy is still a thing. Maybe she likes minutes or nightlight is this bright blue glowy thingy. There we go. Maybe she's afraid of the dark. Maybe she has like serious mental health issues. I feel like everyone in Gotham should be afraid of the dark with everything that happens. That's true. Although people still get murdered during the daylight too. That's true. But Batman can't do anything about that. Why do people live in that city? Is there a good reason to do it? I don't know. Probably cheap housing. Yeah. Everyone's always trying to steal money. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. So Mm. from there, the cat grabs the necklace. She jumps out in a very calm and like pacifist Batman sees her on the roof and just kind of follows her down as she climbs down to the alley and he kind of pops up behind her. Yeah. He's in no real rush. Really doesn't want any confrontation. She's kind of like, Hey, give me back the necklace. And no, no. So then this 
very like nicely shot, but kind of weird chase scene happens where Catwoman is just sprinting around, going back up on roofs, jumping around, and Batman doing his Batman thing just pops up wherever she is and just kind of like sneaky bats. Does never try and stop her. It's just kind of chasing her. And finally, what happens? I think they they get to the alleyway and he kind of stops her. And she kicks a whole bunch of trash cans and he gets buried in her trash cans. Yeah. So let's talk about (laughs) the the garbage system of Gotham. (laughs) Yeah. Because I have a note here. It just says incapacitated by trash cans. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, Where did I where did I put it? It was something about. Well, first off, there were nine full to the brim trash cans stacked. Wait. You're right. Yeah, they're like your standard trash cans with a lid with a handle mm-hmm. stacked as a pyramid in an alleyway. I feel like you could just line the wall of the alleyway. Instead. Yeah, it's a long, empty alleyway. That's just more work for the for the garbage men, to yeah. be honest. Well, and they're and they're round too, so it's like you know, it's like they have to be like you can do that kind of like stacking ball sort of thing where they like go between each other. Mm-hmm. You can get a nice like clean line of nine trash cans without stacking them. But of course, we needed something to stop Batman. And this week it was garbage. Tra- trash cans. Is this literal garbage? Little garbage. Is this the worst? Is this the worst thing he's been incapacitated by? I think so. I mean, I I've forgotten them. Yeah. Yeah. We started writing them down and we forgot. Yeah. But I think, yeah, this might be the worst thing that he's been stopped by at this point. Oh no, I still I still think the cat is the worst. Being hit oh. by the cat and hit on the back of the head. Which oh, that's right. Hit. But, you know, actually, I think this is worse because that situation, it got hit him from behind. So that's like kind of a cheap shot. He was standing, what, like five feet from Catwoman next to the garbage cans and she just lightly kicked them. Oh, no. It's pretty, so uh, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So then she runs off. She, yeah, she runs back up to the roof. No, she runs across the oh. street because Isis is gets in the middle of the road and is mm-hmm. about to get hit by the car. And Batman literally saves the cat because he's a hero. I, uh, and he's crushing hard on some Catwoman. Yeah, he's crushing real bad. So he he saves the cat, and then I love how this. So she then gets up to the top of the the adjacent building, mm-hmm. and Batman's holding the cat like, oh, I guess she got away. He just chased her across like rooftops, up and down, all this other stuff. This is where he draws the line. Yeah, it's not like he has any kind of grappling yeah. equipment. Yeah, it's one building. Yeah, just scale the fucking thing. What I don't. He's just tired. He's having. He, it's been a long night for him. Maybe it has. Yeah, he's covered in garbage. Yeah, smells bad. Yeah, he's got it. He's he, got he was it. hiding it, but it actually required a shitload of effort for him to chase Catwoman that way. Mm-hmm. But he was just trying to be all cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, super easy. And you know, he's got a big date the next day, so he's got to. Oh, that's clean true. Himself up. Yeah, because we go from um, Catwoman getting the cat back to so the little cat. Oh, yeah, so the cat, cat has whistle. a magic ability to just climb straight up a gutter as well. Can cats climb gutters? Can they climb everything? Isn't that? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I can't. I'm super allergic to cats. I don't have cats. Uh, so am I. Oh well, thank God. So we're thank the, God we can do this podcast together. We never have to fear there'll be a cat around. Welcome back to Cat Experts. <laughs> uh, I'm Cameron Dexter, and always is my partner Chris Lord. <laughs> Not sneezing. So we go. Yeah, we go from the chase scene to it's the next. I assume the next night. Uh, it's another fundraiser. Lots of fundraisers. Yeah. Well, and they have to, Bruce has to do something. It's just kind of the generic thing to get to like have rich people do. Yeah. Go to fundraisers. Is he ever at work? Like, no. do, we ever, do we ever see Bruce at his job? I think the closest we ever got was the first episode when he goes to the zoo speaking on behalf of Wayne Enterprises. Oh, yeah. I think that's the closest we've gotten so far to him Jesus. actually being at Wayne Enterprise. Get a fucking job. 
Uh, he doesn't need to. He's rich. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so we mm. go to this fundraiser. What is it called? There's a special name for it when you like buy a date. Oh, it's like you auction off a date, right? Yeah. Is there a better name for it than that? I feel like there is. I can't think of the, the term. In case you guys had noticed, Cameron and I are both super tired right now. We're doing great. We're doing <laughs> fine right now. Yeah. So they introduced Bruce. He's the the big ticket item. Yeah. The fundraiser. Yeah. Go on off, a date with Bruce Wayne. The most eligible bachelor in Gotham. He's the big ticket item, and he started off on a super low. Yeah, he started at like 500 bucks. Yeah. And- you know, it's no $80 million check that someone's throwing down for him. So yeah, so it's at $500. All these women are going crazy. Lots of swooning. Lots of swooning. I have a note, so much swoon. And then Selena Kyle, who we don't know at this point, is just yeah. just another powerful woman from the back, bids $10,000 for a date with Bruce Wayne. Uh, obviously wins. Everyone is taken back by this yeah. huge number. <gasps> And Bruce is just falling head over heels for this woman. He gets some know. serious blushing going on. Like they really. I think that was more like a coloring error. Like it, was... <laughs> it was significant. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he he's smitten with so her. He, yeah, he goes over and starts talking to her. Um, She's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just for the fundraiser. Yeah. It's just to it's save the, the cat. Yeah. They're save trying some... to save a mountain lion. Yeah. Mountain lion preserve outside of Gotham. And he's like insistent. No, no, no. Let's let's go on this date. So mm-hmm. he convinces her. I think go on this date, but then he hears gunfire in the background mm-hmm. and whoosh, off he goes back to Batman time. Mm-hmm. He's had his Bruce moment. Cause then, uh, we go outside and there's a police chase happening. There's a whole bunch of henchmen driving around in a stolen truck, some sort of truck filled yeah. with guns. Yeah. Military grade yeah. weapons as always. So, uh, Batman hops in the truck, knocks the tr- like literally like just basically like turns the wheel. It falls over, crashes. One of the henchmen escapes by climbing through a sewer hole with a lid that says sewer in massive letters on it. Aren't those supposed to be like heavy? Yeah. Did you need like a, like a I tool do, to open yeah. them up? But he just bare hand, whoop. no gloves or anything. Yeah. Just hops right down there. Uh, and then Gordon shows up. We've discovered that red claws in town. This, the this, overarching villain of this two yes. part episode. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, like an organization, and there's also a head of Red Claw named Red Claw. Make it very easy for us to remember. Yeah, absolutely. This person's a terrorist. Just side note, I love the casual use of terrorists in early 90s stuff before like it was an actual real problem. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh yeah, this goddamn terrorist. Well, I mean, what she was planning on doing, which we'll, we'll get into in a second, like her plan is kind of oh, terrifying. No, it's, yeah, no, it's terrible. This There's a lot of like James Bond sort of stuff going on mm-hmm. in these episodes. I have some more specific ones beyond that, but I yeah, know her, her plan is straight up like a terrorist act. I'm just more saying like maybe know, 10 years after that, the whole like, Oh, let's have terrorists and children's cartoons that dropped. Oh yeah. Just a little bit. And also they're not like kind of Russian. Oh yeah. Also, do you know who like the voice Eastern European, the voice of Mm-mm. red claw? It's Kate Mulgrew. I don't know who that is. Oh, come on, man. It's Janeway. I don't know who that is. It's Captain Janeway from Star Trek Voyager. Got it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Also, uh, Red in Orange and the New Black. I don't know who that is. And one of the moms in Camp Nowhere. So we're going to continue the story. <laughs> so, so, so Batman hears Red Claw, and he's insistent on trying to find out who this person is, what this organization is planning on doing. Yeah. But first, he has a date. Uh, so we go back to do another day jump. We see Selena back in her nice like penthouse apartment. Never goes into where she gets money no. in this. But like we said, there, there's no backstory yet. And her assistant, uh, Maven, 
Mavis? Mavis. I call her Velma because there's a moment where she loses her glasses and it just reminds oh, me of Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Let's just call her Velma because yeah. I, I don't remember her actual name. Um, yeah. So Selena is not really excited about this date. She is head over heels for Batman because, you know, he has some fire in his eye and Bruce is just another suit. Yeah. With money who wants to take her out. And then there's the lovely moment where Bruce knocks at the door. She leans up. She's like, I wish it was Batman behind here. Oh, they do a really yeah. cool like effect with a shadow. Did they? It was, I mean, it wasn't anything like special, but it was oh, okay. how you see Batman emerge from the shadow. They always kind of, Oh, they like all like have him appear. Yeah, like, left yeah. like there's like a, a color wipe. And so they did the same when they opened the door for Batman uh, or for Bruce. Didn't even notice. Yeah. It was a cool oh, little moment. That. Yeah, so uh, they're about to leave. She gets a call from her lawyer saying that the land deal she's trying to secure has fallen through. You know, that land deal that we learned so much about already. Yeah, this fairly important land deal that, yeah, someone swooped in and took it from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned that it's multi-gone, insert generic business ending name here, and that they want to develop the land. And there, there is kind of a fun moment where... Uh, Velma, you know, says, "Oh, hey, maybe you should spend time with Bruce Wayne. He might be a good connection, at least." And then when Selena finds out that Multigon has bought the place, she's like, "Well, you know, Bruce asks, can I help? Oh, if you can get me a meeting with the CEO of Multigon, it's like, oh, what time? Picks up the phone, landline, picks up the landline. Oh, good old landline, yeah, yeah." Imagine he knew the number off the top of his head. Well, he's Batman. He knows these things. Yeah. Um, yes. Then we're out at the Multigon headquarters with mm-hmm. Mr. Stern. Yes, I believe Mr. Howard Stern. He's talking about their plans to develop the land and build this big like country club hotel yeah this resort sort of thing yeah um and he plays a little jingle on not even a full piano it's like a little panel like a fourth of a piano yeah it's a tiny little section of a piano piano keys it plays it and the floor yeah yeah, the floor opens up and this massive model comes out and um, by the way is awesome it is awesome i mean that's this is like a very james bond moment yeah you know so he just reveals his floor model Yeah. So the floor model pops up. Not encouraging this. <laughs> I'm just making up for all my uh, lack of puns from the last all episode. Your lack of ice puns. I know. That's so bad. Um, um, so yeah, so the model pops up, and that is super cool. Yeah. That that building, though, that room has so many secret compartments in it. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Because even after the floor model pops up, which would require its whole own separate floor below for mm-hmm. that to work, Bruce and Selena leave, and then another basically wall slides up, and Red Claw steps through, and there's this like massive tunnel behind her. Mm-hmm. And we see even later in the episode, if you continue playing the song, yep, a second wall will rise up. Yeah, and all these like secret consoles pop out. Like that is amazing. Like there just must be nothing around that one room. Mm-hmm. I feel like you would also, if you look at like the the blueprints of that building. Yeah, not even the blueprints. If you're just walking into the doorway, like you've got to be curious what this like it's like this <laughs> random like yeah, jolt of wall is doing. All this empty space over here. Anyway, we're getting nitpicky. We are. Uh, we're getting very nitpicky. Well, we've learned. Actually, I want, I want to ask you this question: Is it cooler to have? The, the Shakespeare head and button that opens the bookshelf, like uh, Batman. What is that? In the, the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Shakespeare bust. Or the bat poles. Uh, or Batman Begins, where he also plays the piano oh. melody, which opens the bookcase. I'm going to go with the Shakespeare bust. That, at least that's the one I'd rather have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easier to break into it, harder. The piano keys have proven to be pretty easy to break into because all. 
why does he play that for them? Because once you know the tune, you just little jingle jingle, boom, off you go. Why would he reveal his little secret there? But uh, yeah, I'd rather the Shakespeare bus. What about you? Okay, I think I'd rather have the piano. You know the piano? I think it's so cool. I feel like a few years ago, I want to say it was like Sideshow Collectibles actually made a made the Shakespeare bust with a switch on it that would mm-hmm. turn on electronics. And I've been trying to find one ever since, <laughs> and like they're impossible to find because I, I want one. It'd be cool. I don't even know what it would turn on. It's like a light switch, the microwave. Yeah. Now I need a secret compartment too. Yeah. Um, what's happening next? Uh, they're still in Stern's office. Oh, that's right. Both of them are at the point where like, okay, obviously our current personas can't do anything right now. Stern isn't going to give up the land. So we're both going to, they get back in Bruce's car. Yeah. Like we need to postpone the state. We're going to have a late night. Mm hmm. And Bruce is like, oh, I also plan on having a late night. Yeah. Wink. Um, so then we have the great back to back, like costume change scene. Uh, then Bruce goes out to just generic generic gang. gangster meeting. I don't know. If, I don't think anyone's even named. No. By person. But yeah, he he crashes this thing, roughs him up and it's like Red Claws in town. You're going to tell me about it or I'm going to make your guys's lives even more of a living hell than I already do. Mm-hmm. And they're just like. Why not? Okay. Yeah, we can't do anything about that. I that scene did kind of remind me of uh the gangster conference from Batman in eighty nine. Obviously it's the Joker in the movie mm-hmm. versus Batman here. And one other thing too, this is really small, but I think this might be the first time someone draws a handgun. Cause mm-hmm. I think we've only seen Tommy guns up till now. And it was something that I think it was Bruce Tim mentioned in one of the commentaries about um business standards and practices, basically just the, the censorship for the cartoon. They sh- couldn't show recreatable gun violence or like recreatable violence. Mm-hmm. So notice they're all Tommy guns, which people don't have access to Tommy guns. And I had made a note like, Oh, there haven't been any handguns till now. And even then the guy never fires a handgun, just gets knocked out of his hand. I may have just made all of that up. No, we're going to go with that. That's canon. But I think that's a thing that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> um, so then uh, now we're back at Stern's office and Catwoman breaks in his office and then down below somewhere, Red Claw's giving a briefing about a plague that they're going to steal off of a train. A uh, Red Claw, if we didn't go into enough detail, is this uh, Mother Russia figure. Oh, yes. Um, very big, strong woman. Yeah. Uh, with a very indistinguishable Eastern European accent. Yes. Delivered by the lovely Kate Mulgrew. Who did a bunch of other stuff. That you don't know. That I enjoy. You should um, go watch Camp Nowhere. Sure. That aside. <laughs> so Catwoman breaks in. Uh, she remembers that's Ode to Joy, plays yeah. it. And like you said, uh, the map pops up again, and then all these other compartments. Yeah, she plays like two more notes, and then yeah. another compartment opens, and it's got a safe and more plans for stuff. Yeah, so she uses her little little spy camera. It's the same one that Batman uses. So I thought it was a cute little Aww, moment. Aw, look at that. They, share, they share the same Kodak. Yeah. Um, that uh, There's an elephant skull with a camera into it with the worst security system ever but she, she's been in that room for a good three or four minutes yeah. walking around taking photos and then that camera goes off and then we cut to the like the security room and then there's like six different feeds from all these different angles showing her breaking into this thing mm-hmm. i like to think it's the um Whoever did the the editing for not the the camera work for Mr. Freeze's video is just like some yeah whoever some villain editor whatever like uh, like corporate security guy that it's yeah. used in Gotham he is just really thorough about making sure you get all those angles he, possible he dreams of L A 
Yeah. And he's like, he's my, stuck I in will Gotham. be a cinematographer someday. <laughs> We're going to need 17 angles because uh, what if there's only like there's one camera in the elephant and then seven cameras at the safe. Yeah. So you can get every angle of her face. Every single angle. Yeah. The guy's thorough. He's very, very thorough. Probably making a good amount of money too. a lot of need for security in Gotham. Right. Even if it's all goes to shit. Even though his dreams are never going to come true. No. Just make it out. Make it out west. He's probably going to die in some sort of Joker attack too and never see his dreams come true. Uh, unfortunately yeah um but hey maybe someone else see the dreams come true and maybe it's going to be catwoman yeah so she's taking the photos and as she leaves red skull and her goons red claw red claw and her goons <laughs> i watched the show yesterday with someone i like, ripped their face off and it was red and i'm like oh red skull is in it what did you watch um i started black mirror which is oh like, that's right we were talking head. about that oh god it messed me up yeah i need i've been totally need to watch that We'll do a separate podcast, though. The Black Mirror I podcast. Can't, I can't talk about it. Um, I can't relive those moments. Okay. Uh, so, so Red Claw. Red Claw jumps in. Mm-hmm. Catwoman escapes into the vents. Uh, she leaves little cat caltrops yeah. in the vents. The guy can't pursue. Where those are she, pretty cool. Where, they are cool. Where does she keep them? She has like a kind of utility, but she has a belt. She has like a fanny pack. That's true. This is the 90s. Everyone had a fanny pack. So. Yeah. You're right. She used her, her cat fanny pack. Drop those off. Uh, as she's leaping off of the roof of the building, Red Claw fires a grenade out of a gun. When we first see the gun, we think it's just, she's got this just massive pistol. But no, it's actually like a hand. It's a grenade launcher. It's a grenade hand, launcher. The handheld grenade launcher. Yeah. Pretty badass, actually. Yeah. Uh, so then Catwoman falls off the roof, but luckily Batman swoops in and saves her. Mm-hmm. She gives him a kiss, and he's like, oh. Very steamy kiss. Yeah. Very, oh, my. Yes. Very yeah. not for kids WB kiss. Right. Then they they land on the roof. They have some sort of conversation. Uh, right? Yeah, they're talking about... It's, it's They have feelings, but justice... Is... Oh, no, it's... Uh, there's something between us. And Batman responds with, yeah, oh, yeah. the law. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, she kicks him off the roof. As, I would, as too, after I would, that. I would as well. I'm all good for, like, you know, a little corny pun work, but it's not even funny. It's not even a pun, really, is it? No, but it's a great line. Yeah. So she kicks him off, and that's, he's like, oh, there will be a second time whenever we meet again. Yeah, we'll meet again. And then we're back at Selena's apartment, and she's talking about how uh, there are, like, secret bunkers underneath the resort that's being developed mm-hmm. out yeah. on the land kind of like an abandoned military yeah bunker yeah she's like okay there's some, there's something else out there there's there's deeper roots to this plot uh and then there's a spy across the roof from her apartment listening and watching her where did he come from he's just kind of in there he probably i don't know did he follow her i mean we can assume he works for red claw I like to think that he was just like already stalking her oh, okay like in his free time and that's true. Like, yeah. Oh, that's the same girl that broke. Uh, all right. Well, he might be a freelance stalker. Yeah. And, you know, he's got a little money out of this. Um, it just kind of like, you know, when work and personal life collide. Yeah. One of those weird moments. So that takes care of the first part. Mm-hmm. There's a, a long read for very little that actually happened in that episode. Uh, it was, it was <laughs> great cliffhanger. It was mostly set up. Um, we got a guy that we don't know. Yeah. Some random dude. Yeah. So then we move over to part two and it starts out with uh, a gangster walking through a park in Gotham and Batman's flair for the dramatic emerges once again, just as he emerges from the shadows. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he's getting the briefing from the the goon, not mm-hmm. the goon, the gangster. The gangster. the gangster is basically saying like, 
Yeah, like we're not supposed to rat on criminals, but these guys aren't like true Gothamites. So, you know, fuck them. Yeah, have at it. Yeah. Yeah. So then we figure out that uh, now Batman learns what we already know, which is that Red Claw and her gang are going to attack a military train and steal a plague that they had already created, which was confiscated. Was that a thing? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Very, very briefly mentioned in that. So back in episode part one, okay. uh, when Red Claw, not Skull, Red Claw, talking to her goons, yeah. she's talking about like, yeah, we're going to steal this. We're going to hijack this train. military train uh, and we're going to take back the plague they stole. Oh, missed that entirely. So, but we know what they're up to and we immediately go from there to the actual, well, no, actually we have a, a brief stint in... Police headquarters. Gordon's office, which is really awesome. Yeah, it's always good to get a little Gordon in there and Batman in here trying to figure out where the train's coming in. It's on Mm -hmm. the schedules and realize, oh, it must be a military convoy that no one bothered to mention anything to the police about. Kind of taking a step back from that, what I think is great about that scene is you see Batman trusting Mm. the police. That's what you mean, yeah. He he went there directly. This is kind of the first time we've seen him not charge in alone. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, in every episode, like he's he's always had the ability to. I guess this is this is also the first time he's not trying to like personally help and stop a villain. It's more just like these are just straight up bad yeah. people. Well, but he is trying to kind of not save, but he you know he's being a little bit soft on Catwoman. But you're right; it's, it's not him trying to actually save these people, but mm-hmm. yeah, these are just criminals. So I, I had a thought. You're mentioning that he's actually working directly with the police. Have we actually seen the bat signal yet at any point Mm-mm. in the show? I don't think so. No, I think I I remember reading in the in the the Batman Bible that mm-hmm. um, Bruce Tim didn't want to use the signal. Oh, interesting. So okay. might not, I don't think we're going to see it until New Batman. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, so yeah, he's with Gordon. Uh, they find out it's like this secret military train, and so there's no security on it. And so then we jump to the train. Red Claw shows up on a rocket sled, which is awesome. That is a cool thing. Unnecessary, yeah. but awesome. Totally ridiculous. Yeah, they must be quite well funded if they're creating plagues, buying massive pieces of land and having rocket sleds. What that rocket sled? Yeah, so they like decouple the passenger car and gas the baggage car and then they grab the container Batman swoops in on the back glider. I think first appearance of the back glider, right? I think we've seen it once before. Have we? I'm pretty sure. We probably have. I don't remember. I don't either. Anyways. Yeah, so he lands on the roof. Yeah. And then the greatest delivery from Kevin Conroy, Red Claw, a woman? A woman? Um, Jesus. And she's like, well, of course, (sighs) women can be villains too. And then Batman with another great line saying that he is an equal opportunity crime fighter. Yep. I uh I know what they were trying they were trying to be progressive and not sure. really succeeding. Yeah. That yeah, was fine. Hmm. It, it, yeah. Oh. But um Oh, and then the last one, so she basically tells Batman that she's gonna get away or else she's gonna release the plague now. Mm-hmm. And kill everyone in a 10 mile radius. So he lets her go. And as, she's escaping on like a helicopter, right? Yeah. So as she's going, she says, um, you've met your match, ba- you've met your match, Batman. And obviously it's a woman. 
And I'm like, they're not even trying. No, they're not. But hey, you know, I mean, there's some nice subtextual stuff there because, you know, just met Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, I do love it, too, because they're on the, the fight that takes place on the train, top of the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, a henchman gets kicked off and lands in a tree. Seen that before. Brought it right back. OK, so 10 mile radius. That thing has serious exposure, whatever that plague is. Mm-hmm. Um, back in police headquarters. Gordon's yelling at the military basically why didn't you tell us what's going on his secret phone stashed away in his desk rings mm-hmm. and he answers it and he's like oh thank god batman and then we see that's bruce driving around on his car phone using his batman voice what do they actually talk about oh that they're gonna hold the city for ransom yeah right? one billion dollars of ransom yeah and gold bullion yeah whoever wrote these must really love goldfinger i guess so yeah there's a lot of similarities here um fake german accents um <clears throat> okay so then bruce picks up selena uh, as he's talking, to, as he's talking to Gordon, he makes a comment about how he's learned recently to never underestimate the opposite sex. Picks up Selena. Uh, they're out for a nice drive. Get attacked by gangsters. Yeah, he realizes they're being followed, mm-hmm. and then the guy, being as subtle as possible, just slams into the back, rear ends the car. Yeah, um, uh, Bruce's then, nice car. And then we we have a commercial break where uh, Bruce is in peril of rear ending. Then we come back. <laughs> terrifying and then uh yes yeah, so we get a nice car chase uh on the bridge kind of jockeying back and forth bruce uh does an e-brake turn swoops around plays chicken with the henchman wins the henchman's car drives off the bridge which actually like seriously hurts somebody no but they they get out of the car and swim away as you do probably just ignoring them they're like broken collarbones i do love it though because as uh, bruce is now driving back the way they came on the bridge it's just the whole bridge just yeah. covered in like cars that have had to get out of the way and crash and all this mayhem and he's just super calm Selena. it's always great to see um batman come out in bruce yeah a little bit because we talked about it but I, I brought it up before what did i call it before like the the clark kent oh the clark kent syndrome yeah and it was cool we didn't have to to do that yeah he didn't have to like to pretend to be a bumbling idiot he just took control although when Selena asks him how he learned to drive like that. He makes a comment about how he's always attending the Paris Grand Prix and maybe I'll even enter this year. Terrific. Okay. Uh, Oh, he drops off Selena, tells her that he actually gives a shit about her. She's like, thanks, boo. I'm good. Goes inside, gets dressed up as Catwoman to go off and face Red Claw. Then Bruce goes back to the Batcave, changes. Alfred finds a hair on Bruce's jacket. Yes. Which Bruce then immediately realizes using his great detective skills, looks at a hair mm-hmm. and says, this is not only a human hair, but this is a cat hair from a very rare breed of cat. You know, this is shit. I'm pretty sure Isis is just a generic black cat. Probably. You know, maybe, maybe he too is allergic to cats. Maybe. And he just got close sense. to it and he got a little, little sniffle going on. Maybe, you know, touched it, got a little rash going on. It's like, oh, this must be cat hair. I think he just has, because we, we saw him hypnotized by a cat earlier i think he just has some weird obsession with cats well i mean maybe he's like sherlock holmes who has this encyclopedic knowledge of just esoteric things that come in handy when crime fighting but you know completely oblivious to normal things but like you've you've held up a single hair before right yeah i i don't know i can't ever tell i don't even know whose they are when i grab it i'm like i can't i usually can't tell what color it is yeah (laughs) unless it's like platinum blonde i'm like i'm holding an invisible strand of hair right now yeah Okay. So we go back. Oh, but he does have a great line. Um, because Alfred's like, I've never seen a cat this color before. And Bruce, who's now dressed as Batman, goes, But Batman has. Yeah. Oh man. Writing. 
superb this episode guys. yeah so then we're back at selena's apartment selena just left to mm-hmm. go fight red claw and then velma mavis uh had made some lemonade i believe okay were you also waiting for either that glass that pitcher to drop yeah i, I thought it was kind of like a, like a very subtle like Chekhov's gun sort of thing where it's like she walks in she's carrying this pitcher we know someone's breaking in like oh that she's gonna get spooked and drop it and it yeah. didn't what actually happened, which I was surprised by, is she used it as a weapon instead. And I was like, oh, right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? Small moments of progressive things. She's not just surprised. She actually fights back. Uh, so, so there, something else happens. Uh, so the goon that we saw at uh, the end of last episode and in the car is breaking into Selena's apartment because, you know, they have information that they shouldn't have. Chases after Velma. And as he's about to attack her, Batman grabs his wrist. He showed up just in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, stops the assultant or the the goon the assultant i like that yeah whatever um uh and velma and velma's <laughs> in velma fashion as she like is thrown against the wall loses her glasses so the next part is all like a little blurry she's trying to make out what's happening finally finds her glasses as batman and the goon go off the balcony and then batman kind of like pops up again she freaks out uh, and he reveals to her that he knows who catwoman is he knows the selena kyle's alternate ego and it's like, I care about her. I want to make sure she's safe. Mm-hmm. And then in typical Romeo Juliet fashion, Velma says that Selena Kyle is in love with you. <laughs> in the 48 hours you've known each other, she's fallen head over heels. And as, as is Batman, because just like Harvey Dent, he's just everyone in the you know, city is just it's, like it's a it's a city filled with danger you could die any day. People move fast in their relationships. They do. Right? There's no time to fuck around. You just get to it. Right. Uh, plus, you absolutely always want to lock that down, knowing that your partner is probably going to get killed in a horrific accident. Or as a supervillain. Or a supervillain. So, no, lock it down. Yeah. You'll be good. Um, yeah. So then Bruce is in love with Selena, but Selena is in love with Batman. So we're drama. We're, we're now on a CW show. Absolutely. Oh, fuck. You're right. No, no, they got it. Welcome from. back to The Flash. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, I, my thought went to uh, Smallville before it, though, which was, I'd say, probably even worse for that. Ah, oh, I love Smallville. Oh, God. <laughs> Less said, the better. So then we're out at the Multigon site. Catwoman's out there. She gets caught by a henchman, but quickly disables him, ties him up, and then leaves him tied up next to a vicious mountain lion and just walks off. That dude is dead. Nah, it's just the cat's just playing with him. With her sharp claws. Just batting the shit out of his face. That dude's dead. Yeah, probably. But he she doesn't has, care. As we'll find out later in this episode, I doubt he's the only henchman killed this evening. She doesn't care. She's no, she not doesn't. Batman. She doesn't um, have the same oath. So then they're out there. Batman saves Catwoman, but then they both end up getting caught. And they're tied up in in the middle of the bunker, and the full plan that doesn't really make any sense is oh, revealed. Oh, God, no, it doesn't. So let's just quickly go over what... The full plan for can you recap this for me? Because I'm too tired. Uh, I had to go back and like actually look up and like research what the plan is. Um, Red Claw's plan. Step one: buy the land over the military base over the bunker. Yes, completely unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Step two: attack the train. Well, step one: make plague. Yeah, plague gets lost. Mm -hmm. You're right. Okay, yes. Then buy facility, which they don't need. Rob the train. And then she basically says the plague is too strong to use on the city. And so instead, she's just going to release it inside the bunker just for Batman and Catwoman. 
and instead she's going to use a placebo plague. They I, they know she has it. Yeah. So she's going to use the placebo to drop on Gotham, take the money. By the time they realize that they're not dead, she'll be gone. Do you think she, she changed her plan at the last minute? She was like, oh, I have to find an elaborate way to kill Batman and Catwoman. Why don't I just use this convenient plague I got lying around? Well, what I think it is, is there are two storylines going on side by side. You have Selena Kyle and the land. Yes. You have that whole thing happening. Yes. And then you have Batman and the virus and that whole thing happening. Yeah. And they're like, what's the easiest way we can just combine these two stories? Right. Like, what if the villain is the one buying the land? Yes. The land snatch. Yeah. It doesn't really quite make sense. Um, again, feels very James Bondy, though. It's like, oh, the villain's hideout. <laughs> yeah. So Red Claw leaves the, the canister of plague in the same room as Batman and Catwoman, mm-hmm. who are just tied up back to back and sitting on a box. So it's not really that secure. Also, the plague is eating through the container. No, she dropped uh, She dropped a, a drop of acid on the top. Fuck, I was not paying attention to this at all. <laughs> yeah, because she pulled out like a, you know, like a little a dropper. Yeah, a little eyedropper. Yeah, and doesn't say anything until she's walking out. And it's like once the acid breaks through the top, I'm like, there was, no, there was yeah, no indication. that I thought that was just water. Yeah, I, I, okay. That, I'm glad I wasn't the one who was a little confused by that. Um, well, so then she walks out, leaving them to die. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, and then... Catwoman says, oh, this needs a woman's touch and starts cutting through with her claws. Why they waited till then to cut through, I don't know. Because they wanted her to be gone so they could have their romantic moment together. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they claw through it. And then, yes, they, they run out of the room and Batman's like, I got to contain this plague. So Catwoman, you run off. I'm going to contain it. I love what he sees as containment protocol on this. It's what we see in everything. Yeah. Blow it the fuck up. Yeah. He just, luckily there's a full gasoline tanker truck stashed away at this military base that Red Claw never needed in the first place. Mm -hmm. So he, yeah, just dumps gasoline all into the hallway, dumps it in and around the plague canister, which is now leaking smoke, runs back, grabs a grenade. Yeah. Grabs a hand grenade. Gets into the tanker truck, drives off towards the the sealed steel door, mm-hmm. and as it's pouring gasoline out of the back of it, throws the pulls the pin and throws him. it. Yeah, super badass moment. The whole place goes up. He, it's not just one explosion. It's like oh no, four explosions. It's a shitload of them because the whole room is filled with boxes labeled you know TNT explosive. And we've talked about this before that everything in Gotham is just full of explosives. Mm-hmm. I suppose it kind of makes sense for its military base to be full with it. Did the military leave it there? Did Red Claw bring it there? Probably half and half. Okay, yeah. (laughs) But anyways, whole facility blows up, and you think, okay, well, maybe at least... Okay, so like the the fire will be contained inside the building, and we'll burn out the plague, and then it'll burn out. But Mm -hmm. no, because Batman busts through the door, trailing flame out of the back of this gasoline truck yeah. jumps out of thing lets it crash into a helicopter and sets the whole place on fire now cameron do you remember what's underneath or excuse me like what the military base is underneath out there the lion yes habitat the habitat containing the endangered mountain lions the habitat which batman has now just lit on fire that's fine like a serious fire <laughs> but they're not going to die from the plague Small, no, they're just gonna burn to death. That's fine. Small victories, but take what you get. Yeah, but the the police do show up. Just like, oh, right where Batman said they would be. 
Oh, but first we get the the short-lived fight scene between Red Claw and Catwoman. Yeah. Which we knew was going to happen the whole time. Of course. Red Claw gets one punch in. Mm-hmm. Catwoman's down. Well, I mean, to be fair, Red Claw, pretty strong lady. It's Mother Russia, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she I, of the two of them, she's the bigger badass. I mean, it takes a lot of strength to fire a grenade launcher with one hand out of a pistol. Uh, so as she's going in for the kill... She turns around in the same mountain line we saw before. Who's done eating the henchman. Pounces on top of Red Claw and they go tumbling down mm-hmm. into like the little reservoir or whatever. Something. Yeah. And then police show up. Arrest everyone. Yeah. And just let all the henchmen that were standing outside of the facility burn to death. That's yeah. fine. Um, the Gotham prisons are just so full at this point. That's true, actually. They can't really. Batman like, was just kind of doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then Red Claw's going to get arrested. We go back to Selena's apartment. What's she doing there? She's no rush. She's not leaving or anything, right? She's just like chilling there, like, mm-hmm. oh. Oh, no. She my gets, work's done. She just gets back. And as she's like, takes off her Catwoman hood, Batman in normal fashion is already there. They have another uh, romantic CW conversation. Of I love you, but I can't. But I love you, but I can't because justice prevails. And he throws bat handcuffs on her. I just love the design of those handcuffs because they're yeah, they're bat they have a little wings. bat wings inside of it. Yeah, it's adorable. Like, so unnecessary. Yeah, and those are probably the same ones he uses in the bedroom. Probably that's why he gave them to her. Yeah, <laughs> as Bruce Wayne, he uses them too. People are like, wait a minute. Yeah, these bat themed handcuffs. <laughs> but just a big Batman fan. Yes, he, he loves it. And then. Catwoman gets arrested. So normally I kind of do like the whole, like all the background on the character and stuff. But the thing is, Catwoman's been around since the beginning. She was one of the first female villains ever. Yeah. And I mean, 19 they, Batman issue one. She was issue one. Yeah. So from 1940. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there's not really, there's tons of stuff to go through and also not that much. At the end of the day, like she was a femme fatale character. Uh, that's kind of where she sprung up from. That was the original idea. And I'd mm-hmm. say she's more or less stuck with it since then. Um, so instead of going into like the whole history, uh, I think what we'll do instead is I want to read a quote from Bob Kane. This, this, this amazing quote. Um, basically someone asked him why they decided to go with cat imagery. Uh, and Kane says that one, he saw that cats as kind of an antithesis of bats. And then I have this quote, this is from Bob Kane. Mm-hmm. I felt that women were feline creatures and men were more like dogs. While dogs are faithful and friendly, cats are cool, detached, and unreliable. I felt much warmer with dogs around me. Cats are as hard to understand as women are. Men feel more sure of themselves with a male friend than a woman. You always need to keep women at arm's length. We don't want anyone taking over our souls, and women have a habit of doing that. So there's a love-resentment thing with women I guess women will feel that I'm being chauvinistic to speak this way, but I do feel that I've had better relationships with male friends than women with women. Once the romance is over, somehow they never remain my friends. I'm going to give a hell of a lot more credit to the writers of this episode for having progressed significantly in their attitude towards women since good old that Bob Kane back that in the whole day. Conversation just like it started off on why he chose a cat and it just turned into why Him. he hates women. Well, he hates women. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You went A to um, C real quick. Real. Oh, it's yeah. Well done, Bob. Uh, yeah, not very good. I, I will say that I think one great thing about Catwoman is that I think in general, she is a great female character. She can often just be uh, sexualized, but she's always really strong, though. Mm-hmm. She is kind of always doing her own thing. She has her own interests. She does have a moral compass, but isn't always 
driven the same way that Batman is to follow it. Mm-hmm. I think a pretty great character. So instead of going through whole history, I'm just going to ask you instead, like of all the different versions, which one is your favorite? Well, least favorite. I I wanted. I don't want to talk about it. Actually, is the uh, 2004 Halle Berry. Oh right, which I've never seen. Good for you. Yeah, probably the 1966 because there was two, three. three. Yeah, so it was um, Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather was then the one in the movie, and then Eartha Kitt was the last one. I think Lee Merriweather is the one that I like. Okay, the most. very cat punny. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't watched all of the original 60s show we've talked about this before that we both know the movie better and in the mm-hmm. movie she is kind of just a normal kind of a normal villain from what i've seen from the show there was a lot of like very like cat themed death traps and that sort of thing yeah a very different portrayal of her yeah i think it's a good way to go though i think for me this will probably be surprising probably has to go to dark knight rises and Hathaway. Yeah, mm-hmm. just because I and I love Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Batman Returns. I don't super love the whole like chewed on cats until she's mutated thing. Yeah. It's kind of dark and weird, but her portrayal very is Tim great. Burton-y. It's very Tim Burton-y, but I say Anne Hathaway like is hands down probably the best part of that whole movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, just the way she just turns on a dime from being like really like meek and innocent and frail to like, oh, no, I'm an actual total badass. and I know what I'm doing. Like, I think. Th- that's the best portrayal that really showed that she does do her own thing, does have some sense of morality, but for the most part, will do what she thinks is right, regardless of whether other people might think it's wrong or not. Awesome version yeah. of the character. Yeah. I mean, Catwoman will pop up again. I'm sure there'll be more to talk about other times. Yeah. Any other things you want to talk about specifically about Catwoman? Um, yeah, I had this one thing. So we've seen it a lot in the past couple episodes. The last time we really brought it up was Two-Face. Mm-hmm. Um, but Batman has these very core friendships that he kind of leans on uh more than kind of anything in the show mm-hmm. uh and his very strong bonds with a very few number of people and they all play a very important role for him so obviously alfred is the father figure uh robin is the the son figure gordon i never thought of it this way but gordon is batman's friend dent is bruce's friend oh, okay yeah interesting uh, and selena kyle comes in and in kind of is another one of those characters that bridges the two worlds. She's not just a love interest for Bruce or Batman, but for both. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, um, what's her face from Phantasm? Andrea Beaumont. Yeah. She can't really, she doesn't fulfill the same role, but I think mm, that's I why see. Selena is so important, not just to Batman, but to the whole show as she is that new leg for Bruce and Batman to just kind of depend on yeah. in some aspects. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, this is a really good version of her. I think this pretty closely connects to the comics, shows her kind of dark side and her light side. Yeah, and we're going to get more of her as the series goes on. Uh, so before we wrap it all up, we do have our, our new segment, Bat Plug. Oh, shit, I wasn't planning for this. I know. That's why I'm just dropping it on you here, because oh, I want to see man. what you come up with in the moment. Um, if you want, I can go first. Uh, no, I, yeah, you go first. You go first. Okay, so I know you had recommended Luke Cage, mm-hmm. so I finally sat down and watched it. What did you think? It's okay. It's too long. 13 yeah. episodes is too long. But uh, what I was catching up on the last couple of days is Westworld. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. I'm just, I just want some answers already. I'm so tired of questions. I'm so tired of not knowing. Stop bringing in new things. 
I just wanted to start start giving me answers. No, I totally get it. It's absolutely amazing. I ended up watching the first three episodes twice because mm-hmm. I watched my own. Then I was home for a bit with my folks and I watched them with my dad. And I had, did discover if you watch the show twice, you pick up a lot more of what's sure. going on. But because yeah, the creators came out and said, like, unlike previous kind of mystery shows like this, they they have a full fledged out story. Yeah. For like five or six seasons planned out. Yeah. But so we're not going to go 10 episodes and just kind of figure out the first thing. And that's going to be it. Like, I'm sure by the time season three comes around, we're going to rewatch these episodes and notice like a certain background character or certain sig- uh, symbols are around. But uh, it's it's fantastic. So if you aren't already watching, go watch it. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, use your parents HBO Go login. That's what I do. So what's your bat plug? Uh, I hate the show so much, but I'm I'm like so intrigued by Black Mirror. Yeah. Um. So the the third season just was added to Netflix. And as you can tell in the change in my voice, like this show has fucked me. Like I have it ruined my hope in the future. Wow. Uh, the first I mean, I, I it, if you don't know, it's it's modern day Twilight Zone. Yeah, I know about it. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. And so because of that, I just jumped straight into season three. Uh, the first episode follows uh, Ron Howard's daughter. Bryce is, Dallas Howard. Yeah. And kind of like her. It's this it's this futuristic world where so uh, kind of like a combination of social media and Uber and you kind of rate everyone around you on everything they do. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Community at all? No. Damn. They they have an episode about this and it's um what is it? Um Juju Bees. Something no, that's not it. I don't know where I remember where that's from. Whatever. And it's just like it's such a fascinating show. And yeah, I guess if you if you want to lose hope in the future, go ahead and watch that. All right. Well I'm already cynic, so why not jump on board? Yeah. Check it out. Okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, I think that wraps it up for this week. So we're gonna do something a little bit different with the next few episodes. Uh the next episode's actually gonna be episodes seventeen and nineteen which is one of them is see no evil and maybe prophecy of doom. I think maybe the, I don't know. I can look it up. I'm not going to, uh, we're, so we're going to skip episode 18 for a week because that is beware the gray ghost. And we're going to do just an episode on gray ghost after that. And then after that, we'll be back with, I think it's feet of clay parts one and two. So slight deviation. If any of you are actually watching the show as we're talking <laughs> about it for our few potential listeners out there. And if you are, or if you want to be, they're all on Amazon streaming. I'm watching one of the DVDs. I think you probably I are as well. Streaming. But yeah, there. Oh, you do streaming. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the place to find them. Uh, but I think that basically wraps it up for the show. So Cameron, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Cameron Dexter on everything. And I'm at Lordifer. And a special thank you to Trevor Reese for coming down and being our audio engineer. Go check out his podcast, The Podcast of Two Worlds, all about The Flash. Um, and we are at Tim Talk Pod on Twitter and Gmail and Instagram and Facebook. Yep. So come check us out. And... That's it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Bye.